And the Oscar goes to... I also just just want to say that I've updated my ranking of my favorite sister wives. It's now because originally I think I said it was Janelle, Mary, Christine, and Robin. Um, Power ranking now is Robin still on bottom. She will always be on the bottom. She's a flop. Mary is now third. Just I don't like her attitude. I don't appreciate it. She got into this whole stink about wanting a wet bar and a hobby room for her house. I'm like, what's the point? And you need a wet bar that badly? I don't get it. Um, Janelle would be second, mostly because she um, is calm and nice, but I think she's a little too passive. And then Christina's number one because she's a little kooky. And I like, I like how kooky she is. When she got into a car and floored it like she was Dominic Toretto Hell yeah. over a creek, I fully laughed out loud. I was like, this is... <laughs> this is brilliance she has the spirit of dominic toretto coursing through her veins and i didn't see it until i i can't the thing that matters it's all about family it's family family. yes she's very about the family she is like the most devoted i did once see the sister wives at vernon Worthen park on fourth of july in st george do they do they live there no they were just like there they had Uh, to okay so the whole thing is that they okay they moved to Las Vegas in season one of their show of course because, or maybe it was the end of season one, early season two, it's Ill- illegal. They were opening up a case against them and they're like, we have to get the hell out of here. So they moved to Las Vegas and that's where they've been. But now at this point, I think they might've moved to Flagstaff for no reason other than Cody's an idiot and was like, we should move, even though we just spent all this money trying to build these five freaking houses or sorry, four freaking houses to live in a cul-de-sac together. And I want us all to live in one house. And I'm like, do you have that kind of money, sir? I don't think so. Anyway. What? Weird. Relevant because kind of culty. Kind of cult. I mean, pretty kind culty. Of culty. Yeah. You know, and when you're talking about a movie about a cult. I am susceptible to joining a cult. Let's just. Okay. After I do the intro, we'll get into that because I really, okay. I just, I want to touch on that sky. Cause you have mentioned that to me several times. Yeah. So. I mean, I already joined one. I would <laughs> join Scientology if I had the money. Oh, no. <laughs> anyway, welcome to Blessed Picture Podcast where we explore underrated or off the whole movies I think are totally blessed. You got to do that. I'm your host. Can we get back to Tell me more. Wow. I'm not doing it again. I'm not doing it again. We got to get through it. God damn it. And I'm sky pain. And this week, um, you know, make sure you have like a trusted sibling that you haven't talked to in years to call when you need to get out of a cult. Um, Cause this week we are talking about Martha Marcy May Marlene from 2011 directed by Sean Durkin. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I just, I'm like, I still want to get back into like, why would you be so susceptible to joining a cult? But I, I have just, to introduce have our personality. guest. Too. I just have the personality. It's just in my broken brain, you know? <laughs> I like to be a part of a community. <laughs> I want to drink the Kool-Aid. Oh, no, no. <laughs> All about family. All about family. 
I became Mormon for a year. <laughs> the specificity of a year is just like, I, mean, I think what makes it if, so funny. If we're being technical, I have never gotten a lawyer to <laughs> say that I'm not Mormon. So technically I'm a lawyer? Yeah, you have to get a lawyer. And you have to like get things notarized. It's That's a whole insane. thing. insane. Anyway, so technically I'm so Mormon. But our guest is also very family oriented. But in the way of Dominic Toretto, not in the way of sister wives <laughs> that you know of. That we know of. That we know of. Secretly, she's got six sister wives just hiding out of frame right now. Please welcome to the podcast, Haley Oldham. Oh, yay, it's me. Clap, 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 clap. I'm so excited to have you here. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. Talking about cults. Um, <laughs> Talking about sister wives we Ooh. love it we love um, to but- see it no we don't <laughs> no we absolutely don't no cults are very scary I'm just like a very dumb person who like my brain is absolutely broken and like when people are nice to me you know like it like does something to my brain it goes Burr. So, <laughs> um and I think I would just like I I you know I have that personality I think I would do well I would do well in like the recruitment you know I could get oh, people to, you know? oh my god it's really terrible I know and that's why you know you can never let me near a Scientology building because I would love to get audited but I know it's terrible and I'm too poor like they wouldn't want me is the thing they would put me in the seat or you know what <laughs> I'm kind of the same way I was watching the going clear thing doc and I was like okay all of this is terrible but I also kind of want to see what it would be like to be audited exactly <laughs> And exactly. also I, I stand Tom Cruise unfortunately the movie star the movie star not the person I love his movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But as a fair. person, I'm like, hey, bud, what are we doing? Where's Shelly Miss Cabbage? So I want to say I am, I am, I am anti-Scientology. Please don't come for me, even though I do have yes. an Elizabeth Moss tattoo. So I'm sorry <laughs> about that. First the Jonas Brothers. I got <laughs> Peggy right there. You see, oh my gosh. I have a Peggy Olsen tattoo. I do have a Jonas yeah. Brothers tattoo. That's a I, good tattoo though. I know. I'm just like showing you guys all my tattoos. Okay, before we get too into cults. Yeah. Cuz I have a feeling we're going to really just go off the rails this episode. Um let's <laughs> let's do our blessed movie of the week. Um I can go first. Um mine is a movie I'd never seen before and it was Ordinary People um from 1980 directed by Robert Redford. Um it's Donald Sutherland, May- I can't speak. Mary Tyler Moore <laughs> and Judd Hirsch. Um, you know, they're just dealing with the death of like one of their sons and it's like very sad and very heavy, but also like really compelling. And I really enjoyed it. It was a really good movie and I highly recommend it. Kind of surprised you hadn't seen it sooner. I know it does feel like a movie that I would have seen, but I was like, yeah. And I was like going through my watch list and I was like, what new movie to me shall I watch? Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, because like I also watched Big Fish this week for the first time, so I'm I'm trying oh, wow. to make my way oh, through wow. things I had not seen that are like. I have a friend from good. high school who was in Big Fish, and he liked to remind us that all the time. <laughs> Before he said he, I was gonna be like Miley. <laughs> no, no, he used to be like, yeah, I've got Miley's number in my cell phone. And oh my be like, god! Okay, <laughs> I when I saw Miley, I was like, I was like, is that Miley Cyrus? Like, I was mm-hmm. like. Little baby Miley, yeah. Yeah. You know, she was just being Miley. She was just being Miley. Eh? 
Her best friend Leslie said that, you know. And her best friend Leslie said that. Um, Haley, do you do you have a movie for Blast Picture of the Week? Um, sure. So last night I watched Eclipse um, mm-hmm. with the blank check boys and also i'd seen it before that movie is not blessed it is incredibly cursed no, speaking of cults <laughs> yeah for sure um it is not it is the worst one out of all of them and they're all oh, pretty yeah. wild so yeah. i would say i just watched jerry Maguire for the first time in a long time and i know i was just talking about how much i stand tom cruise i'm gonna sound like a tom cruise like freak um <laughs> you were a scientology <laughs> polite <laughs> maybe um no I just think that movie is really lovely it's just like I was watching it and I was like this movie is about nothing and and it's just so nice it's just nice I just like I was crying at the end not even at the you complete me part I was thinking about the part in Lego Batman when he's like watching it and he's cracking up at that scene I don't know if you guys have seen that movie um but also it's just like it was just really sweet and like it's about like friendship not just romantic relationships and also about like finding your purpose and just I don't know it's a really good movie I understand why it was such a big hit and I kind of miss movies like that you know like Yes. I, I love Marvel as we were talking about before. Big, uh, yeah, just like a yeah. big like studio dramedy mm-hmm. comedy that's just about people yeah. that don't have powers or aren't, yes. you know, uh, something that's been made before. I don't want to sound like curmudgeon or anything, but it was just like No, nice. but it's a valid thing. I mean, yeah. and I think I'll kind of get into it with this because of, you know, Lizzie Olsen's presence, but Yeah. You know, it's like frustrating because, you know, yeah, we all connect on the Marvel stuff and we all connect on like Netflix movies for about two seconds because they're constantly just dumping shit, right? And it's like, that's why I kind of like award season just because it's like, even though it's not even on the same scale, it's like, we're all talking about the same movies. We're all having takes about the same movies. Even if we all like, even if I completely get angry when I see certain takes, I'm like, at least we're like talking about movies right now that we all kind of have seen. We're all kind of in on this agreement. Whereas just generally outside of like award season, it's like, nobody's talking about, you know, any big dramas or anything like that. It's just all about, you know, whatever shit just dropped on Netflix or the superhero movies. It's just frustrating how unhumanist it feels like a lot of big blockbusters. Yeah. I mean, and you think about like, like, um, Parasite is a movie that I was just thinking about while Mm -hmm. you were talking like, that's a, that was a big movie, but it definitely was like an award season movie. Yeah. Um, I don't like Palm Springs is one that kind of comes to mind as well, or it was just like a really lovely movie about people, but it did have that like sci-fi element of like being Mm -hmm. about time travel, but was it really about time travel? You know? Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, I was just, I just wild that I was just like watching this movie and I was like, this was one of the biggest movies of the nineties, the highest selling VHS of all time or something crazy like that. Probably before Titanic. I don't know. And it's just a movie about like a guy who quits his job. (laughs) Yeah, pretty much. And it's kind of a bad person and then like becomes a not a bad person and and Lip Nicky's in it being the cutest five-year-old that's ever been. Yeah. And it's just crazy. I don't know. Um, so I highly suggest re-watching that movie because it's just it it just hits you good. Yeah. Um, even though, you know, don't don't become a Scientologist and also keep looking at you're bad, but the rest of it. They really said show me the money, and then they did show us the money. They showed made us a lot the of money. money. And I think it's Crow's best. Like, I mean, I love I like Almost Famous a lot too, but I think that one's been quoted to death by like he really locked the gates. <laughs> he locked the with gates. With that one. 
And it makes me think of Sheena from uh, Vanderpump Rules, you know? Yeah. It's all happening. Yeah. Tattoo. Yeah. There's girls, there's just people like that who are like, "Mm, Penny Lane is my mind, honestly. (laughs) Her Her mind. She was right. She's right. It is all happening. And you know who else said it's all happening? Limama Miranda in the year 2009 (laughs) on the Bring It On the musical soundtrack. Thank you. Wow. Well, that's been my time on Bless Podcast, everybody. I'll see you later. I just had to say it. I just had to say it. Shelby, what is your best movie of the week? Um, I literally watched this yesterday, so bear with me. Um, it is To Die For, directed by Gus Van Sant from 1995, I believe, starring Nicole Kidman, Casey Affleck, bleh, Matt Dillon, eh, Joaquin Phoenix. Eh. Um, but it's very, 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 very good. I highly recommend it. It's on Hulu. It's been one of those movies that's been kind of hard to get a hold of. And I don't know what the deal is there. I'm not looking up the rights, so don't ask me. But I've been wanting to watch it for years. It has been on my radar forever. It popped up. I was like, I have to watch this. So I put it on last night. And basically what it's about is Nicole Kidman is this like, wannabe newscaster who is obsessed with like being on TV and getting famous and like all of this stuff. And she ends up marrying Matt Dillon and they kind of out on the outside seem like a perfect couple. Right. But she, like, she's just so driven, but like in a very sort of insidious way. Right. And she ends up going to make this like documentary about teens that's like her whole goal is she's like, I'm going to, you know, produce this segment for the news channel, even though they're not asking for it. And she ends up hanging out with Joaquin Phoenix and Casey Affleck's character. And I believe Alison Tolan's the actress's name. And they're just kind of like, you know, dirtbag metalhead kind of kid. And at some point she sort of gets into this affair, if you can call it that, because the age of Miss Sutton here is a little, um, with Joaquin Phoenix's character and she like ends up convincing him to kill her husband. Girl boss. <laughs> it's kind of got like the vibe of like a drop dead gorgeous, but like more serious, right? Like it's this, it's just very campy, very over the top, a little like off kilter. And it's so good. Nicole came in fucking whips in that movie. She's <laughs> unbelievable. Like it's literally the kind of performance that I think, you know, Rosamund Pike probably studied for Gone Girl. It's, you love to see it. It's peak 90s Nicole, like unbeatable, in my opinion. Like her and Julia, like who else was doing it like them? You know what I, I mean? Like, shot, no, yeah. I'm, that sounds great. I'm definitely going to watch yeah, that. It's awesome. Highly recommend for sure. Um, I Let's talk about Martha Marcy May Marlene, um, which I watched for the first time. I was like, when did I watch this for the first time? I knew it was during quarantine. It was this during this year. Okay. But it feels like last year but i think it's because time feels fake time it's so is completely a flat circle it's all over um, the place yeah and i didn't realize until this time that i watched it that's the um that he also did the nest yes and, i just found that out too which like makes me want to rewatch it i really think that i was just like it was like the last day of sundance and i was just like really tired of watching movies yeah. so i think i need to revisit you, yeah. that 
You're like, oh, Carrie Coon, I'm excited. Oh, she's a horse girl in this movie. What the yeah, fuck? like I just, I really, and it was like, I had seen 23 movies in 10 days. Like I was like, just like done. So I think I need to revisit it because I really love this movie. Yeah, I think it's, it's really, really good. good. Mm-hmm. It fucking slaps. It's incredible. Yeah. I saw it in probably the year it was released. So 2011. And I was going through my, how old was I? I would have been, I think a freshman in high school or a sophomore in high school, something like oh, that. I am the, I am the crypt keeper. I know. <laughs> every, every time she like says something in terms of time, I'm just like, Oh God, I'm old. Yeah. Yeah. I was legally allowed to drink. <laughs> oh God. Yeah. And today I found out that Tavi Gevinson is playing a teacher on the gossip girl. Oh my God. Um, I saw that. Series. I can't so that. I'm also I'm not- like, we're the same age I fully am like I have to pass away now because now we're all old enough to be high school teachers and I don't like that that makes me very oh yeah I have I have a lot of thoughts about that gossip reboot but that's not what we're talking about yeah (laughs) but um, I could talk for hours oh yeah really but so I saw this movie the year it came out and I fully was like I'm gonna get into film and I had a tweet about this semi-recently where it was like when I was in like middle school and like early high school I would just watch it like anything that I thought was prestige, right? So like I watched The Aviator a lot for some reason. <laughs> like I have The Aviator on DVD. It's a great movie, but it like is. why The Aviator? Why would like a <laughs> like a seventh grader love this movie? <laughs> Very strange. But so like I remember I think being on like IMDb at the time and like looking through a list of like anticipated releases or like highly rated releases or something. And this was on it. And I was like, ooh, it's about a cult. Like, it seems kind of serious. And like the, the poster was very like Tumblr-esque. Like, I don't know. I just really liked it. Cause yeah. it's just like the M with like mm-hmm. her face in it. And I was like, oh, I have to watch this. And so then I guess at some point it must've leaked somewhere. Cause I ended up watching it. And I was like, oh, this fucking rocks. This is what cinema is. Like I was fully just on board. And so I have been on the Lizzie Olsen train literally since yeah. day one. I didn't mm-hmm. realize this was her debut. Yes. Yeah. Her debut. Isn't that crazy? What a fucking banger of a debut, right? Her only credit prior to this was Girl in Car and How the West Was Fun. Nice. A Mary-Kate and Ashley joint. And also that song where they tell her they don't want to hang out with her. They're like, get out of our face. Yeah, they're like, we hate you. Get away from us. (laughs) You stupid little sister. We don't like you. (laughs) Right. Which also came up on Twitter during the time of WandaVision where everyone was like, Lizzie Olsen's related to Mary-Kate and Ashley. I'm like, where have you been? It like, just how, me 10 years. How could you not tell? They are identical. Literally. Like, she looks like Ashley, I think, or Mary-Kate. No, she looks like Mary-Kate. She literally looks like Mary-Kate. She look, yeah, she looks like them. I mean, I think Their she's- label, Elizabeth and James? Who did you think Elizabeth was? <laughs> Even though they say that that it's not named after their siblings, which it doesn't make any sense because Wait, their siblings they say are both that? named. Yes. Yeah. Oh, that's the stupidest thing ever. It's like it's like the it's like San Rio being like Hello Kitty is not a cat. It's like what? What it's is like, she no, then? Yeah. What, then is she? what is she? They're like she's like six apples tall or something. I don't know. It's very. There was a whole <laughs> thing about it when that dropped. It, it was the okay, timeline wow. was in chaos. I have taken my glasses off. I am. <laughs> I do not wish to see or perceive this information. It truly, I'm just wild. like obsessed with Lizzie Olsen in this movie. Oh, yeah. She's incredible. Unbelievable. She's Obsessed. so good in this. And mm-hmm. 
Like, and I remember like also saying the takes of like, wow, she can really act. I'm like, if you would have watched Martha Marcy May Marlene when that shit came out, you would have known that she's a good actor. She's always been a good uh-huh. actor. She's incredible. Like, I just couldn't believe how just even in her first movie role, it's like how she's able to display every single emotion just on her face. She doesn't have to say anything. And I'm like, I know exactly yeah. what she's going through. It's and so even then reserved. sometimes she has yes. this moment of like emotional ambiguity where you're not supposed to really know what she's going through or what she's thinking. And it works. Mm-hmm. She does it. Like she can do a very clear emotion. She can do the ambiguous. And it's like, I'm just amazed by her. Her eyes are so expressive. She just like has this ability, the freaking ending, like, that's like a Nicole Kidman in birth kind of a situation where it's like oh the face is doing the talking and she just fully yeah. sells that. It's horrifying. I, I know that this is like a really indie movie, but like, I'm just like so surprised that it got like no awards recognition at all besides like independent spirit and like right. critics awards. But like, you would think that like, so, like they should have picked up on this. Yeah, really. I remember hearing about it back then in 2011 because I think that's when I saw it too but I you know I was like a uh, one of those I still try to watch every Oscar movie except for yeah. 2020 because that was just there's a lot going <laughs> it was on a hard last year. year and I was like <laughs> yeah. you know what doesn't sound good to me right now is Nomadland um but yeah. I remember I like it. watching it probably in a similar way that Shelby watched it um <laughs> and I, like there was chatter about it at first because then, then I remember yeah. when the nominations came out like EW or like Variety or something, you know, when they always do like the snubs, snubs yeah. this was on the she, she kept being up there and I was like, yeah, like she's incredible. And then finally, when she got, and I saw that she had gotten Scarlet Witch, I was like, hell yeah, this is great. Yeah. And then, yeah. I mean, you know, Ultron was, uh, it was, it was a motion picture that happened and we all saw it. <laughs> God, so bad. But WandaVision, fucking WandaVision. Incredible. It rips. I love Paul Bettany. I love them both. I I just think it's an incredible show and I think they're great together and I love in Washington. I, you know, the only thing that frustrates me is that literally you look at her filmography and it's like from 2018 on, it's like, oh no, sorry, 2019 on. There's like nothing new in it except for Marvel stuff. She had Sorry for Your Loss in 2018 to 2019 because that ran for like a year. And then she had Kodachrome in 2018, but then it was like, it's like Endgame, Infinity War, WandaVision, um, the making of WandaVision, whatever. It's like Mm -hmm. the only credit she has right now. And I'm like really frustrated because it's like, she's so talented. She just needs to be in more like small scale stuff. And it's like, that's also part of the reason why I get frustrated when people are like, oh, she's actually a good actress. I didn't realize. It's like, she's been doing the work. It's just, you haven't been watching those movies. And that's what frustrates yeah, me. Yeah. She's in genuinely she's very good stuff. Genuinely very, very good. Not even yeah. in the smaller roles, but in the Marvel movies. I've, you know, her accent might, you know, show up and might maybe disappear. not show up sometimes. <laughs> but it's also just like, I think I've always just been very like drawn to her as yeah. Wanda because I just think she has such a like, a warmth and vulnerability to her yes. that it's like immediately I was like I like her like she's cool even, even when she's being quote-unquote bad and ultra and it's right like, yeah, well she's probably right you know like yeah. she's probably and right I think <laughs> it really is like telling of how good she is that like even though she's like this giant marvel star now and like so scarlet witch so wanda when you're mm-hmm. watching like this movie you're not being like oh that's the scarlet witch like yeah, she exactly. like completely disappears into the role yeah I I did not think about I thought about when I was watching it I was like 
I'm tired of watching Lizzie Olsen suffer. I need her to be in a rom-com with Dev Patel immediately. What a dream. Um, Thank you. Yeah. I mean, he's, that's, that's my man. Um, Yaya Abdul-Mateen said he wanted to do more rom-coms. I think that would be an incredible pairing as well. I mean, I just, I just, we need more traditional rom-coms first of all. And that is something I could talk about for hours, but I just want her. I, I think in WandaVision, she's so fun in those first few episodes, especially like I'm a huge Dick Van Dyke stand. So like the Dick Van yeah. Dyke show episode was just so much fun. And then like the mm-hmm. 60s episode, the bewitched and stuff. And she's having a great time. Yeah. And I want her to have more fun. I think she's so, mm-hmm. she can do it all. I just don't want her to suffer. She <laughs> suffers so much. She does. And I you think know? also, you know, and I'm complaining like, oh, why don't people recognize sooner? Blah, blah. But I also realized that WandaVision was the only time that like, I think they really gave her a lot to do with the character anyway. So it's Absolutely. understandable that that's why people are like, yeah. oh, she's a good actress. Because it's like before it's like, Maybe in Ultron, you can argue she has more to do, but then it's like Infinity War. The only thing that happens is she's like, no, I don't want to let go of my robot boyfriend. Oh no. And then it's like, "Ah." and then it's like, that's kind of like one emotion that Mm -hmm. she often kind of has to do. And then that, or she's just kind of puttering around like in Civil War, where she's like making like chili or whatever the hell she's doing in that movie. Paprikash, paprikash. (laughs) And then she throws Jeremy Renner into the ground and you know, we're all, we all like to deserve. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But you know, she's incredible. I also didn't realize how, like how much I miss her Instagram presence. Mm. Um, specifically anytime she was gardening or there was mentioning mentions of gardening I was like, Oh man, I really wish I was watching a Lizzie Olsen Instagram story about her garden right now. Aww. Honestly, I feel like um, pretty much like everyone in this cast is like somebody I would like to be friends with. Like mm-hmm. I'm obsessed with them all. Julia the Goat Garner. <laughs> I could not believe we well, you know that, that, that I've seen her. all of Ozark. Let Les does not forget. You, <laughs> you and my dad. Um, I, I don't know it. anyone else who's watched Ozark, but I'm it's happy for you. Me and dad. Thank you yeah. so much. <laughs> but like, yeah, when I saw her, I was like, is that baby Julia Gardner? Like she looks yeah. so young. It was, her, also is, it was literally, I think her first feature film role. Um, the other yes. stuff she'd been at that point were two short films and one it's like girl on side of road or something. Yeah. Like that, and this was like also R. Sean Durkin's first directorial full length right. film as well. And the fact that he got and so many people. Christopher right. Abbott, my husband, it was his yes. first movie because oh. his other credits prior to this, it was an episode of Nurse Jackie. And it was also an episode of Law and Order Criminal Intent, of which course. is now my profile picture. On <laughs> <laughs> he looks like Brendan Urie in that was, photo. Uh, yes. And this was like before girls, like this was the year yes. before girls. Right. He fully was like a little like emo boy with floppy hair in the Law and Order Criminal Intent episode. I'm fully obsessed Hilarious. with it. If I would have known that this existed when I was like, you know, um, 12, I would have been obsessed with him. I would have fallen in love with him completely. Okay. I'm just... It just took some time to get there, but we're here now. That's all that matters. Um, but you know, it's like absolutely insane that it's like a lot of people's first films. And like Sarah Paulson right. is there and he like asked her to be in it because he was obsessed with Studio, Studio 60. 60. <laughs> what? Yes. Fully was like, I love Studio 60. On the oh Sunset my Strip. God. Shout out to our Georgie Porgies. Oh my God. <laughs> Incredible. That is I, crazy. It's like truly insane. 
It's such a cast of like Hugh Dancy, amazing. Hugh Dancy, we yes. And he's doing great. Yeah, like yeah. I just and everyone an is stat. fucking great in this movie. Like yes. it's all good. No one is a John John Hawks, incredible. Um I cannot remember the actress's name because I only refer to her as Polly from Orange is the New Black. She's horrifying. <laughs> like Brady oh, Corbett. The like big, the like, the like main wife, I guess, like the one, Katie, is that her name? In the Katie, yes. that, Katie, yeah. Which I, mm-hmm. I never 100% watched certain is a reference to the Manson family hmm. because uh, I believe that was Patricia Krenwinkel's name, if I remember, in the cult. Interesting. Wow. I read Helter Skelter. I know too much. Um, <laughs> it's a disease, but everyone's like really incredible in this movie. It's unbelievable. Um, I, like it's truly wild that he had not also made a movie until 2020 um after this because it's just right. like this is the yeah. kind of movie that you would think would like immediately land somebody a bajillion yeah. directorial offers i don't know if he just didn't wasn't interested in working or if just like he wasn't getting offers or anything like that yeah, what the it deal got, was like fairly positive reviews especially for like yes. lizzie olsen so it's just like so surprising it's kind of like a saving face and the half of it thing like it's just like yeah many years later here's this other movie yeah and like for a feature debut I feel like it is shot like so thoughtfully and like yes the shot composition beautiful it all like feels very cohesive I'm I'm just like a very impressive debut of like so many people (laughs) yeah also, yeah. when it was like visual inspiration, there were a couple of movies on this list, but Three Women was one of them. And Three Women is one of my favorite movies ever. Shout out to Bobby Altman. Um, so incredible. And I was like, yeah, I totally get it. It's kind of got this like dreamy, but I guess more of a nightmarish quality when you yeah, consider the, say, the uh... subject. <laughs> but it's like, I mean, when you think about the fact that it's like constantly drifting between the two sort of timelines, you know, the past and the present, it often does it in a way that like has this sort of dreamlike quality to it. You know, the way that we sort of transition in and out, you know, like for, for instance, when she like jumps, you know, like into the water or whatever, and then it's like, oh, and then it's like a flashback to all of them swimming naked together, just like in some natural body of water up at the cult, you know, or like when she's meeting Patrick, John Hawks's character for the first time, and then it's like, she hears Hugh Dancy's voice saying like, do you want to go for a swim or you want to go on the boat or something? And it just like immediately snaps into the present. Like, it's just really interesting. I really liked that. And I also liked how the, the flashbacks really lined up often with what was actually going on in real life. Yes. Mm-hmm. Because it's like for I, I know Roger Ebert complained a little. It was a little too on the nose or whatever, or too cheesy or something. And it's like, like, I think it worked. It does. It was more effective to see it happen and then to see immediately after, like, here is why this ruined this girl's life or how it ruined her life or how it's yeah. changed her. I mean, it's effective, it works, and it was very clean. That was the thing, is that it was so clean and so yes. smoothly done that I like can't be mad at it at all, you know. No, all the cuts are it's really incredible. Also, mm-hmm. when she is going into the woods like for the first time towards the gang of the movie. It reminded me a lot of the swimmer, like that, oh, like yeah. kind of realism. I don't know. I, I really enjoyed it. That's better than what I was gonna say. It reminded me of the deer scene in Twilight. 
Oh God, no! It, it's the swimmer. No, I I completely I understand. Honestly, <laughs> seeing so the house for the first time, I was just like, oh, it's like that part in Mad Men season seven when mm-hmm. Roger's daughter joins a cult in the Catskills. <laughs> Yeah. literally like uh, spoilers for a show that ended seven six years ago now but yeah there's like she joins like a cult in the Catskills and I was like oh that's like the same house oh, that is weird um yeah but I totally know what you mean about the deer in, in Twilight I, I got you. was like I oh maybe you. maybe her PTSD is because she got attacked by a vampire <laughs> like mid stroll in the woods no it's again all- that is also a like cult a swimmer <laughs> Yeah, Skye's is much better than Shelby and I's. We're like, yeah, it's what I like. She's like no, and Skye's like, no, we're intellectuals here. We're talking about the school. <laughs> Listen, am yes. I an intellectual? <laughs> I don't think an anyone would say Intellectual that. movie podcast with yes. very serious critiques. <laughs> I'm so serious <laughs> about things. <laughs> I also have to say, this is the first time I think I really saw Sarah Paulson, um, mm. which is very relevant for several reasons. First of all, this was, I mean, this is pre-American Horror Story, I think, yeah, or right around this the same time. Before, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and that is the thing that completely just like blows the lid off everything and changes everything for her and makes her like yeah. a name for people rather than just like a talented character know, actress who shows like, up looking, in things. When I saw that he like cast her because of Studio 60, I like looked at her IMDb. I was like, this is what he knows her from? Like there has to be other things because in my head, yeah. like, everything was like before then and I was like oh no wait yeah like that was the big thing that she was in before this yeah otherwise it'd been mostly kind of smaller stuff um but she so like and she's so incredible in this and and my thing is is like I it's kind of almost a thankless role because this character really doesn't have a ton of dimensionality. It's really just a lot of her being like, I don't understand what's wrong with my sister. Oh, I want to make up for me being a horrible sister. Also, um, I'm sick of your shit. I'm going to put you away in a psychiatric facility. You know, this is the final straw, you know, like there's not a ton going on, but she just gives it so much more because I mean, she's Sarah fucking Paulson. She can act her ass off. Um, and I really appreciate it. And I feel like I really do believe that, like, even though they don't look anything alike, I'm like, I can believe that they're sisters just because they're such a natural sort of sister chemistry yes. in a sense, yeah. you know, and it's not the way that we t- traditionally think of sister chemistry where it's like, oh, the two of them are just so like lovely and so fun together. It's like, no, this is a woman who's completely fretting over her younger sister. She doesn't understand what happened to her. She won't tell her what happened. She's completely unknowable to her. And she's just trying everything in her power to like, right the wrongs of their yeah, past she's relationship like her wits end and is like you know she's like trying she like brings the two juices like the two different types of juices and like kale when, and ginseng yeah and she's one. like yeah she's like okay i'll drink that one if the pineapple mango sounds better like <laughs> which i was like this girl escaped a cult and you're gonna give her kale and ginseng juice like no <laughs> hey but she doesn't know about that she escaped a cult that is because true. she never she that never says about like what happened to her, which the whole movie, I was kind of just being like, just tell her, just tell her, just tell, just her. tell her. But then also I'm sure she probably can't find the words to explain yeah. exactly what was yeah. going on. Like, how do you, you know? how do you explain what happened? Like it's just, because, it feels impossible. Exactly. Because in like, in Martha Marcy May Marlene's mind, uh, you know, <laughs> she's, she was living in a family. Yeah. Family. Um, <laughs> and like, that was when Vin Diesel is awful. Uh, but like she was, she was living on like 
on this compound with people that she loved and she trusted because yeah. she was brainwashed to think that way. So I can't imagine what it's like to like leave that and then have to explain it to like some normie yeah. to be like, so yeah. actually, you know, yeah, I, so the reason why I've been gone for so long and haven't talked to you is because right. I joined right. a farm cult and we all wore yeah. anthropology clothes. It's totally fine though. <laughs> I'm just yeah. only slightly rattled by it. Yeah. And also just like, you'd imagine like having to repeat all of that out loud, what happened to you is also a very traumatic act. So it's like understandable. Oh, yeah. And not to mention Lucy's character, Sarah Paulson's character, Lucy has this kind of like, yeah, she's looking out for her and she often does take her side, but she also has this kind of judgmental air where it's like, not just judgmental because it's like, she doesn't like it, but it's because she's embarrassed oftentimes by what quadruple M as I'll call her does. <laughs> and instead <laughs> of triple X, quadruple M. I love she, it. Like when she gets on the counter and she's like embarrassed by her, like sitting there when she like jumps into the like nude, you know, it's often like this thing of like sort of respectability. Like I'm rich and we're rich and we live in this very nice house, even though we're renting it. And like, we're, we're high rollers essentially, you know, like we make all this money. We're nice, like little wealthy white people who drink our little juices. And like this bad behavior doesn't fit in with us. And it's already hard to take because it's like, we don't know how to help this person, but it's also like, I'm a little embarrassed by this because this isn't like the kind of behavior that I'm used to. Like you need to be a proper lady kind of a thing. So it's like kind of understandable too that she wouldn't necessarily feel comfortable revealing that information to her as well because it's like, she might feel like she might feel judged by her. And plus an important thing to remember is that in the cult, they do this interesting thing in this movie where it's like, they really focus on like the weaponization of like trust in other women yeah mm -hmm. you know it's like that thing you know it's it's oftentimes women it's like as women we feel like we can go talk to other women very easily because it's like they'll understand what we're going through there's a level of trust and comfort there even often with people we don't really know right yeah and but in this movie it's like you see it happen and quadruple m does it herself where it's like you know they're being told, oh, this bad thing that happened to you actually isn't bad because if it were bad, we wouldn't all be here. Right. And like, this is someone who's supposed to be like her sister, right? In this cult, you know, a family member, someone that she can trust, right? And she's telling her directly, manipulating her, lying to her and saying, everything's okay. What you experienced wasn't bad. It wasn't traumatic. It was fine. It's just a part of the experience. Mm -hmm. And then she gets like, and, and you see how how much this rattles her. And then it's like, then she gets it so hammered into her head that then she has to do it to Julia Garner. And it just like is a cycle that keeps repeating. So it's like understandable as well that it's like, I understand why she wouldn't feel comfortable telling Sarah Paulson because it's like any sort of trust has been completely. Yeah. Oh, just absolutely. Away at, you know, that with scene any where she's like, she's like crying in the bathroom towards the end of the movie. And because she witnessed a murder and of course it's, 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 uh, affected her. And like, you hear her friend, like her closest yeah, friend Zoe, like, got yeah. her into the cult in the first place, be like, it's just me, like, talk to me. And then as soon as she opens the door, uh, Patrick comes in and like yep. pushes her up against yeah. the wall and you see Zoe close the door behind him. And I was just yep. like taken aback by yeah. that scene. I was like, Oh my God, yeah. like, that's supposed to be it's her like closest shocking. friend here. 
And Patrick has treated Zoe like shit this entire mm-hmm. movie. Mm-hmm. Always just like yelling at her about smoking and this and yeah. that. And it's just like, oh God. Oh, so awful. Yeah. And like the sound design in this movie, like really like puts you on edge oh, the whole God. time. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Impeccable. So good. I love it too, because it's like, especially for the, from the first frame, it's like just completely quiet. There's like no noise. It's just very like natural, you know, and it paints the farm kind of as this idyllic place. It's, it's very calm. Right. You know, and you wouldn't know from frame one, like walking into this movie, if you know nothing about it, you wouldn't understand that like, oh, this is the, this is the site of horrors, right? Like this is where all horrible things happen. Um, And it like sets the scene both in terms of like, here's the allure of this place, why somebody would be drawn into it. But it also is like, this is sort of like the tone we're taking for this movie. It's a very slow burning sort yeah. of you will like almost sit horror in this, movie. Yeah, you'll sit in this discomfort and like there will be a payoff, but it will not be the payoff you kind of expect. And exactly. And they use ambient noise to such great effect, oftentimes because there is like no music in this movie. When they do, it's very present and it's very obvious yeah. and it's really underscoring a very like dramatic or horrifying thing that's happening on screen. Like like with her freaking out at the party and being like this man is is lying to me he was in the cult well she doesn't say that but like it's clear that like to her this man was in the cult or whatever even though she's just mistaken him for somebody else and like is freaking out and she's like sitting on the bed with with Hugh Dancy's character and Sarah Paulson's character and they're like trying to calm her down and like give her sedatives and whatever and it's just like this like screeching like cacophonous like music playing behind it which is like horrifying and it really adds to the tension of the moment because there is so little music and like every other thing it just sort of feels like this really interesting use of like natural sounds ambient sounds to like really emphasize things as well I was really shocked at that stuff too because I was like I remember this movie being good but it was like of course the only stuff I really remember is like the acting I didn't really remember the rest of it and the ending right. the ending is like something that will never leave yes. me like truly the most horrifying thing i've ever watched but yes like truly i was like the first time i watched it, i was like holy shit it's just like so jarring yeah it's, yeah and that i mean just that, like sitting at the lake and then you know the scene where like he is just in the in the road and then the, that car is behind them and you just don't know like you don't happens. know yeah even though it's clearly i think it's clearly supposed to be brady corbett like it's clearly him they're like okay brady get hey, in the road yeah. right yeah <laughs> like For we sure. have like five dollars to shoot this movie right we can't pay any extras yeah but no and and i mean because it's so interesting because for the most part like in the beginning of the movie the only time we really think about like or i guess a little bit in the middle too but like for the most part it's like oh how far away are we from you know where i was picked up that's what she says very early on in the movie and she's like well we're in connecticut it's like three hours away and the distance thing really isn't addressed again until the end like there's like the phone call right where she's like afraid they're gonna like call back but like yeah you it's like that completely is out of your mind you're like yes they're around but she's far away from them there's no way they could ever find her right and it isn't until that moment that it like fully just like, it's like, oh my God, no, like there's fully a chance that they have found her. 
And the thing that she kind of put out of her mind as well is now like raging back to the forefront right here in this moment. And she doesn't know if it's them or not. And she hasn't told Lucy and Ted. So it's like even more horrifying. She like to them, they're like, why is this weird guy in the road? You know? And then she's Mm -hmm. like, holy fuck. This is like the one thing that I've been Been worried about. Yeah. Over. Yeah. It's fucking incredible. It reminds me a lot too of like the Texas Chainsaw Massacre ending. Sky wouldn't know anything yes. about this. No, <laughs> I actually have seen. T- see that. Is oh wait, we talked there's about no that, ghosts. didn't we? There's no ghosts or paranormal. I did see. We Texas did. Chainsaw we Massacre. talked about that on the monsoon in, wedding episode. In, I remember in college. That uh, yeah, I saw it in my yeah. exploitation cinema class. Are you very against? You don't like ghosts? Is that? Is I, that I can't do is? ghosts or supernatural things like that. I made because her watch opening night, and she was, a was bad, like, uh, "It was a bad time." Yeah. Like this is, okay. I'm never going to recover. Yeah, it was. It was not a good time for her. Um, <laughs> but no, it's like fully like that Texas Chainsaw Massacre ending, it where it's like, but it's like the reverse. It's like instead of getting yeah. in the car and escaping and like laughing, you know, and like having this like cathartic moment, it's like. Oh fuck. It's like somehow more horrifying than this like It is. Yeah. It's more horrifying than the ending to Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Here we are. Fully obsessed with with the ending and I I'm glad they went there. I feel like I could imagine some people being like that's kind of hacky or whatever, but like to me with a cult like that, you don't know. The threat is always looming. I mean, we've we've talked yeah. about Scientology, you know, the whole where is Shelley, etc., <laughs> etc. Cetera, et cetera. Like that's the kind of stuff they do. I mean, it makes sense. Yeah. They don't want you to leave because they've also killed people. So yeah. And we've seen them be very violent in this movie. Like this cult is not kind. She's a witness. They're not. She's a yeah. witness to that. She's like, a beyond like all of the like sexual assault and everything like that. Like they oh, have God. done other things to people. Like they've it's murdered. Up. Yeah. Literally murdered that also, dude. The throwaway line when Julia Garner is giving a being given a tour of the place and like they go they come across the babies and she's like oh you know is it a boy or whatever and she's like oh, oh yeah, yeah he only has boys and you're like what are they implying they've committed infanticide of the girls what the that's kind of what I got out of it was I, like if yeah, it's a girl then he too. would that he would kill it yeah. or something I, I i that that also like that line fucked me up i was like watching yeah this. there's just oh like, my all God. These, like like small insidious moments in this movie that you're just like i'm sorry what the fuck did they just say yeah, like it's just like right oh. yeah and the yeah. thing is that like the cult is very patriarchal but it's like it gets yes. you because in the beginning it's like oh it's all about love and like we're equal and we're all best friends and it's like about free love you know whatever but like, it's very much the most standard sort of patriarchal little mini society you could imagine. Because it's like, the first thing we see is like all of the women waiting for the men to finish eating. They've made the dinner and then they have to eat together as well after the men have eaten. And then it's like, there's stuff like like that, the baby thing, that's like freaky. The fact that like the, the, the women have to undergo that horrible, ritual yeah they call it horrible and they're supposed to believe that this is the greatest gift that they could be given you know like it's very very interesting um the way that he was able to really like capture those dynamics because it really is not dissimilar from like a cult like the manson family etc etc where that very much is like a part of the system it's like just like horrifying to watch but also like captivating you can't take your eyes off of it. 
Yeah. I kept thinking to myself being like, how does one get here? You know, yeah, like yeah. how, how, how did she meet that girl, Zoe? Because when you first see her like entering the cult, she's with Zoe and they're just like smoking in a field. Yeah. And she yeah. says, oh, is that him? Yeah. And then it goes from there. So I was, I was kind of like, yeah. I'm like, like, how, how did, did this happen? And how did Julia Garner's character come in? Like, I would love to know. Oh yeah. I think it's definitely like they're, they're, they're targeting like troubled women and untroubled young men too, you know, like Christopher Abbott's character and yeah. Like, uh, yeah. Any, any of the younger men that aren't Patrick, like it's people like Martha Marcy Mamerlene quadruple M if you will. <laughs> she, she clearly has like a broken family life, yeah, you know, because she's she living with her aunt Dora and then uh-huh. Sarah Paulson wasn't around. Yes. And it, you don't really, you, you know, you can tell that she feels that abandonment. Um, on the Wikipedia, it said that she was 22, I guess, in the movie. Yeah. So she must be like yeah. even younger when she joins the cult. So it's kind yeah. of like, I could see them preying on girls and, and men like that to be like, mm-hmm. this is your family now. Like we are your family. But it was still, I was like, how did they meet? How did they find her? Yeah. You it's know? so hard but- to imagine that. Like, cause I mean, Lucy says like, she doesn't go to college or she didn't go to college or whatever. And she was right. hoping that she could have, you know, if she would have been around, she would have seen her off to it, whatever. But it's like, I could just imagine maybe she got like a, like not a retail job, but kind of like a customer service job that kind of like was like, you know, something kind of weird where you always meet weird people sometimes True. when you, you work in those kind of jobs and it's like, maybe they were just friends at work. And then maybe Zoe was like, oh, by the way, like I have, I know these really cool people. It's also not hard to imagine, you know, um, because like some of them kind of get these exceptions of like people they can talk to or like if they oh, the, need yeah, money, that kind dad of thing. And stuff. Yeah. 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 Like, oh, I got a loan from my dad. Like your dad's bankroll in this cult. <laughs> yeah, really? And like, right? um, and Brady Corbett's character, like getting that call from that woman and then like being like, yeah, I'll be there. Yes. Like, and oh, that part out. is so freaky when she answers the phone as Marlene. And then you see in the, on the wall or on the chalkboard or whatever the that's behind rules. her, the rules of like, ask three questions, like yes. see who it is. And, and that I the men like, are Michael Lewis as uh-huh. well. So it's, yeah. yeah, they have that's that. like a chill down my spine because I was like oh my god like that whoever that girl is that he clearly like met and was charming to I imagine and yes she's just gonna like go on a date it's gonna be a member of this fucking cult yep nuts also what's so great is like John Hawks is really interesting to me because you know I think it would be easy to like play this character off kind of as like you know a super villain in a way right like like he's skeezy but like really really skeezy yeah Mm mm-hmm you know, I, I like that he brings a level of subtlety to it, but also even though in the beginning, it's like, oh, here's the guy, you know, that we've, we've been waiting for blah, blah, blah. Like there's still something a little sinister, a little weird underneath the surface. Like when he's just talking to Zoe about her smoking cigarettes. I mean, to begin with, when, when she's like, put those cigarettes out, because it's implied that like, he doesn't like her smoking. And then he comes over and starts having that conversation with her about like, you know, smoking isn't good for your body, blah, blah, blah. And then he's like, but it's your body. You know, what am I to tell you? know, what am I to do about that or whatever? Basically being like, it's your body, your choice, but like, I don't want you to do that, you know, kind of a thing. There's like something very strange and controlling underneath the surface, but the viewer isn't a hundred percent sure at that point, like, 
what the deal is because it's only the first yes. time that we meet him right and I, I get it too because his presence is kind of very disarming at first because John Hawks is, as a man is like very slight you know he's not very, yes. not very broad yes. just kind of like it's not an intimidating figure no not at all but he's able to use that to his advantage in this role like I'm really glad that they cast him because it's like I can't imagine anyone else doing it in the way that he does he also should have gotten a word's attention honestly yeah, no, he's he's incredible in this movie because he's totally the kind of guy that you would like see at a bar and be like, mm, there's something up with him. You know, like if he offered mm-hmm. to buy me a drink, I'd be like, oh, no, thank you. You know, like yeah. he just yes. has that sort of vibe to it. When he when yeah. he sings her that song Ugh. in the barn, I was just like, oh, my God, I, I it was so like arresting, but also like I could not tell on on uh uh. Elizabeth Olsen's face like how she felt about it too just yes. an incredible scene because she's kind of like bemused by it and then she's a little bit like oh, okay like, kind of freaked out by it freaked out by it it's it's that scene is really really great I was yeah. and also I love that Christopher Abbott was just like finishing a song he was just like he's like he's like <laughs> yeah. humming I was like god these people like what do they do for entertainment I can't even it's just this it's just this and they have sex like that's it like they just sit they around like, the bar and then don't they have fuck. time to write a full song I'm just gonna hum a little bit that's all it's <laughs> yeah. fine whatever just a few bars it's just a few bars of humming yeah and that's it I also do want to mention so the scene where everyone's like hooking up and Patrick is standing there watching them. All I could oh. think about is that meme of that woman like in the ceiling looking down. Have you seen that picture? She's like, yes. like that was all I could think about. Oh, I was my like, God. oh my God. He was even making like the same expression. It was like too much for me. And I was like, this is supposed to be kind of like a sinister moment. Like it's supposed to be really insidious, but I like, I kind of laughing right now because that's all I can picture. So you just think about the meme. That's so funny. And also kind of true because I can like see the meme in my mind right now. I'm yeah. Like, yep. Mm-hmm. That's actually, yeah. Yeah. No, that's, that scene, I wasn't really thinking. I was just kind of like, oh, like this is because she walks in on um on Sarah Paulson and Hugh Dancy like having yes. sex one night yeah. and she just like lays there and is about to like fall asleep. And, and they're like, and, what like, the fuck? <laughs> Like, that would have been my first sign of being like okay something's very wrong like you know yeah the nudity at first like without any questioning of like should I do this should I not do this Mm -hmm. and that laying on the bed next to you while you're having sex with your significant other yeah a little concerning that's the moment where I'd be like okay what the fuck is happening like yeah. are you what what was going on Tell and Sarah Paulson is so desperate to have a relationship with her and fix things that she's like no it's fine just like here go to sleep go to sleep mm-hmm. and, Ted, and you Nancy's like what the fuck he's like are you serious yeah have you I, lost it he's like the most like grounded in reality and like yeah he like truly I feel like everyone is just like it's okay it's okay and he's like okay but like we have a lot to unpack here and like we should do this yeah like and nobody's listening to him he's not an asshole in this movie really at all I, I don't think the movie tries to paint him like that either but it's just like he's the only one that's like kind of being like okay what's going on like what are yeah, you gonna like, do with should, your like, life get to the bottom of this like like where, where the fuck she? have you been yeah, yeah. And i'm like yes ted you're right we should be asking these questions 
Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know why, but I was really distracted by his haircut in this movie. And it's <laughs> such a like minimal thing, but I was like, God, that's so 2011. It was just like so short and his yeah. bangs were like flat. And I was like, yeah, oh, God, it wasn't a great look. It wasn't his best. It, was it wasn't his best. So still very handsome. You know, yeah, we love sure. to see it. Love the sound of his voice. Great. I accent, like that he got voice. to have his real accent in this too. Same. Yeah. I was glad that they kept him British. I, know. I think it added a little posh factor to like how rich they were. I think that was why I liked it. Cause it was kind of like, oh, this man is rich, rich. Cause he's got a little, you know, British accent. I like that. <laughs> he's like rich, rich. Yeah. <laughs> no, I liked that too. I, I'm always kind of glad when like I'm watching a movie and I'm like, oh cool. They let so-and-so be British. Cause you're so used to them. Mm-hmm. Like being American, like and whenever Andrew Garfield gets to be British, which is never, I'm always never, just like, no, yeah. I let him be British, yeah. you know, like it's because, because yes. I mean, his American accent is very, very good, but that was, yeah. maybe that was a bad example. He's, it's not like I mean, Emma Watson no. where I'm like, what's happening? Oh. Yeah, like, please. <laughs> Her accent yeah. is, I think. When I watch stores. Little Women, I'm just like, what's going on here? Like, really, like what's happening? Oh man. I, you know, and not even little women, it's like perks of being a wallflower, wallflower, the bling ring. And listen, I, I want to rob. I was, yeah, it's, I want to rob. I'm a firm believer in karma. In karma. Like my <laughs> problem with her in that movie is that people are like, this is the best role she has. And I'm like, yeah, because she watched pretty wild like the rest of us. That's the only yeah. reason why it's like a good yeah. performance. Literally any one of us on this Zoom call could play listen, Alexis. Myers. I got an A in my exploitation cinema class comparing Pretty Wild Ooh. in the Bling Ring to Faster Pussycat Kill Kill. I <gasps> could absolutely oh, have played yes. Alexis Tires. Do we have any like final thoughts before we move into like plot summary? Um, I don't know why I did that. I mean, I don't really. Mm. Yeah. I mean, no, I, I think it's a, it's a really interesting movie. It's one of those, it's one of those Oscar movies that I'm not sure I'm going to watch again for a few years. You know, it's not like one yeah. that I'm like, oh, it's on stars. Let me put on. Yeah. It's not like a light rewatch, but like, no. And there are some like heavier movies in this realm that I'm like, yeah, sure. I'd watch that again. But the, it's, it's one of those ones where I'm like, it'll be a couple years before I rewatch this, but I it's think the performances funny. are out of this world. You know, it's funny because so I good. don't know the next time I'll watch this, but meanwhile, I'm like, yeah, I'll watch possession tomorrow <laughs> while I eat my breakfast. I mean, that's a little, it's a, yeah, it's like, that's a little different in a way that this movie's a little bit more, as you guys were saying, like insidious, a little bit more quiet. And to, to the point where like, I was thinking about it for like a solid 30 minutes, 45 minutes afterwards. I was like, I have to cleanse this palette. I have to you watch have something to that's going to make yeah. me laugh. And I put on Eclipse and I watched the commentary oh, yeah. with like check voice. And I was like, this is great. And then I was watching them together and I was like, okay, so this young girl is joining a cult. And yeah. this young girl is also joining, joining a, cult. a cult. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> the, the, yeah, the vampire sure. cult. Oh. I could talk it's about the vampire slash Mormon cult. Ever. Let's just be real. honestly though. It is. It, it honestly yes. It's oh my god when she's trying to like fuck Edward and he's like I'm old fashioned. Like I I don't want to fuck before you get married. Here's this ring from Claire's that I got you. Like oh my god. <laughs> Ugh. Not like real. also in real life, if you saw the Cullens, and I'd be like, like cult. You'd be cult. like that's a fucking cult. cult. Nobody looks like that. What the fuck is no wrong with them? No one looks like that. They all are impossibly hot. 
they all have weird eyes. They're all weird and they're all the same age. And so like the doctor and Mrs. Collin just happened to get a bunch of hot teen yeah. foster yeah. students. Like what the fuck? Yeah. If they walked into my school, I'd be like Colt. Cult, 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 yeah, I would be very concerned. They're just like, yeah, they like all like sleep with each other, they're all together in relationships. It's like, so weird, it's just weird, but like, it's whatever. It's just like, oh, that's the Collins, you know. You know, I'm honestly, like, hello, <laughs> Anna Kendrick's the smartest character in those movies, <laughs> yeah, because she's um, like, what the fuck is she, happening in here? every single movie? Jessica is like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, she's like, yeah, they're all together, one. which is pretty weird you know and then like in breaking dawn part one she's like yeah i bet she's pregnant who else gets married at 18 i'm like yes exactly but to tie it back to to um quadruple m i (laughs) you know i will say it could have used a little ha 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 okay that song that's a really bad version of that song but when they're fighting they're like training to fight the newborns i was like this song rips but like all of the, it, it needed, you know, it needed a little bit of a soundtrack, right? A little Bodie Bear, St. Vincent. A little, little St. Vincent. The way that song still has a grip yeah. on, on like TikTok in unbelievable. It does, right? Unbelievable. No, there's so many, there's so many songs from the Twilight soundtracks that I'm like, this, this, the soundtracks are incredible. The soundtracks rip. They rip. They could have been in this movie. I'm not going to lie. Honestly, this would be... If if I mean I we we love and we stand Miss Lizzie Olsen, but Kristen Stewart would have been really good in this movie. Yeah, she could have done it. Yeah, I think this is very I, much I in mean, her wheelhouse for sure. Yeah, I, I, I've I seen like Personal Kristen, Shopper. It's a little weird, right? Yeah, like <laughs> she can get she can get weird. I wish that I wish that that holiday movie was better. I can't think of oh right boy, now. Happiest Season. We talked all about that movie. Martha Marcy May Marlene, um, really just. Great movie. I'll talk we'll great talk movie. About the plot a little bit. I mean, yeah. there's not a ton happening because it really is just like then it's this so happened. Then this happened. But yeah. mm-hmm. that's worth mentioning just because I'm sure there's plenty of people who've, who haven't watched the movie who are listening and maybe want to or maybe don't want to, whatever, you know. But basically, Martha, she's she's 22 years old. She's been living as a member of a cult on a farm in the Catskill Mountains for an unspecified amount of time. And eventually she decides to flee and escapes into the woods, arriving in a nearby town. And at a diner, she is confronted by Watts, cult member played by Brady Corbett, who attempts to persuade her to return, but she refuses. And this all happens like six minutes into the movie. Yeah, it's like very- it so quickly. to the point, yeah. They really push you right in. Yeah. yeah. You and are not in it. the- shallow end of the pool you are straight in the deep end you are far from the shallow far now. from the shallow now yeah Fuck. i and walked like, right into that one <laughs> you did and i like that they like fully just like get right to it because i think otherwise it'd be a pretty conventionally laid out movie you know like oh she's in the cult or she joins a cult and then she's in it and then she's gotta leave and then you know maybe the last 30 to 20 minutes of the movie are her with like Hugh Dancy and, and Sarah Paulson and then the shock ending, right? But mm-hmm. I like that it is just the unconventional format. The the timelines kind of interlap like interlapping? Is interlapping a word? Yeah, right? Yes. Inter interloping. Inter- <laughs> <laughs> I don't know anymore. Yes, to interlap. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. interlapping you. is a word. Fully convinced myself it wasn't. I wanted to say intercourse and I was like, you know, no, that's, that's 
part of the coursing timeline. This is an intellectual podcast. This is an intellectual podcast. Um, I knew that was a word. I was just playing, obviously. Yeah, it was a bit. It was just a bit. But I, you know, and then of course we like when we see her in the diner, that's when we get like him really like aggressively reaching over. He looks gigantic Mm -hmm. next to her, and she just is like totally horrified that he's followed her. Um, and you truly are like, you don't know at this point, really, like, is it going to be okay? Is she going to be able to get out? Or is this like, are we going to have like a struggle back and forth for a little bit before we get into like her fully escaped? Right. And, you know, it's so interesting because also in that conversation that she has with him, did it sound like he was kind of like, he knew she was escaping and like was like fully leaving and was like yeah I'll see you yeah. later and was like letting her go or was it just that's kind of the vibe that I got. yeah like I think it's like kind of like a test like they're like well yes. like let's see how far she'll get yeah yes okay that's exactly what I, I also too. was like the way that he was saying it it really sounded like yeah you can go yes yeah. you know wink little wink wink like you can go yeah go ahead you know but the Patrick price misses you he cares about you yeah <laughs> um and you know i she's just fantastic i mean the way that she's like clearly trying to be as calm as possible and it's like she's but she's also like fully freaking out she's trying to play it off she's like no i just was going for a walk and he's like through the woods she's like yeah just people do that right you know yeah just like casually just a casual jaunt very swimmer vibes again he was wanting to go (laughs) <laughs> she's like i gotta get the hell out of here mm-hmm. um and then after this point he leaves and so martha ends up calling her sister lucy who picks her up and takes her to their vacation lake house in connecticut that she shares with her husband ted who is a successful and wealthy architect and she ends up withholding the information that she's in the cult um and she instead is like i was just living in the catskills with my boyfriend what a way to spin it <laughs> yeah right and so then like after that point you know we sort of start to see her life there and like life on the farm sort of contrasted so like we see the introduction with patrick um and he gives her the name marcy may which is where the marcy may and martha marcy may Marlene comes from because she looks like a marcy may which is a hundred percent like inspired by the manson family charlie manson would rename all of the girls in his cult so like sadie may glutz is susan atkins for example um Patricia Krenwinkle, I believe, was called Katie, if I remember correctly, Kate or Katie. And in general, what I found interesting is when Sean Durkin was researching, he very much looked at like the big cult. So like Jonestown, he looked at Manson family, um, the Unification Church, um, David Koresh, things like that. And he was like, you know, I really am interested in this and I'm interested in how someone could get sucked into like a farm commune kind of lifestyle, even to the point where his, his, he did a short film before this. Yeah. It was um, like a prequel. Mary last scene, which also had Brady Corbett in it. And it was kind of about the same thing. And then he developed it into a feature. Um, but he basically was like, I kind of want to strip the political part of it out of it. Just, and, and just, you know, make it less about like ideology, ideology and, and political, whatever and make it a little bit more small scale and um, on a more personal level, which I really like because it's like, yeah, those cults definitely had, you know, um, much larger political ambitions. Um, I mean, with the Manson family, it was like, we want to start a race war, which, okay, um, sure. It makes it feel more like 
just a random cult that could pop up in the Catskills. Like it, it really oh, yeah. feels like that, you know, that like TikTok cult that was like yes. recent, like it feels like that kind of. What? Yeah. There's a oh, TikTok yeah. cult? Yeah. Ooh, I have to look in that. My, my FYP page on TikTok is like ex-Mormon TikTok mm. and yeah. paranormal TikTok and celebrity gossip TikTok and shit like that. But I'm going to have to look up the cult because it really I did just, feel like, like saw that. tweets about it. Yeah. And I was like, there's a cult on TikTok. And then I got into it. I was like, wow, there's a cult on TikTok. Yeah. Oh, there's everything on TikTok, including cults. Crazy. And I think too, is like with them not outwardly being like, here's our political agenda or whatever. It like makes it more insidious because it seems like a place that's approachable. It seems like a place that's like comforting and you could understand why she would go to it because it's like, she doesn't have really a family anymore. So it's like, I'm looking for that familial environment. But then it's like, then when she gets there, it's like, we're a very patriarchal sort of cult and we're putting you to work on this little farm with no benefits or anything and we don't respect the women here and, and we throw them away when we don't want them anymore, you know, kind of a thing. Yeah. And so then after the introduction of Patrick, we're back at Ted and Lucy's place. And basically we just start seeing her like exhibiting strange behaviors, such as her just like swimming in the nude, not sleeping. She doesn't really eat, um, which is all revealed. She's through just going flashbacks. through it. Yeah. yeah. She's, yeah. She is going through it. Like with like, the sleeping thing, it's like very much the thing of like, it was easier for her to sleep in the cult because you could just kind of cuddle up to whoever kind of a thing. And there's there was always no somebody questions. there. Yeah. 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 No questions asked. And that's why when she ends up laying on the bed, when they're having sex, it's like they flash between her laying down with Patrick, just kind of in the middle of the night. And then that it's like, oh, I'm just like looking for comfort. And it's like, she doesn't realize how fucked up that is because that's like what she's known for, for the last however many right. years. There's also like her asking kind of inappropriate questions like do married couples fuck, et cetera, et cetera. That line, I was just like. <laughs> like, yeah. oh my God. And also didn't she say like, oh, we got married in like April. So it was like what, three or four months ago because it's supposed to be like end of summer. Yeah, yeah. like they're newlyweds. You know, they're pretty much newlyweds. Yeah. And already trying to have a baby. I was like, y'all can, let's pump the brakes on that. But you know, that's my personal opinion. Yeah, well, uh, quadruple m is around you need to slow down you got you already got a baby on your hands <laughs> right like, this yeah woman exactly. is like like a newborn practically totally. she's so fragile and then like with the food thing too it, that's the thing that we hear her say to julia garner where she's like no you can't eat right now um we only eat at dinner time you'd be surprised on like how little food the body can survive on blah 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 you get used to it right and that's also later, you know, because she does talk about like Lucy's is like at kind of near the end of the movie is like, when I picked you up, you had a bruise on your ear, blah, blah, blah. And then we see her talking to Katie or, or not talking to Katie, but like preparing dinner with Katie and she goes to take a piece of food and eat it kind of like, just like on the down low. Yeah. And Katie sees it and like yells at her and slaps her right. in the ear for doing that. And it's like, oh, she doesn't, she's not hungry, partially because she's traumatized, but also because they didn't like eat at all. Yeah, they weren't allowed. They eat one meal a day. It's insane. Do y'all think that they, I, I don't know if this is just me. When I was watching the first scene when the men eat and then the women eat after, were they eating the leftovers? Yeah, I mm -hmm. think because they are. Because that's kind I of the vibe were. that I got. It was like, whatever was left, that is what the yes. women got. 
Yeah, I think so. I, I fully think it's so. Up. Okay. Truly. I was like watching that and I was like, oh, like that's, I mean, there's a lot of things that are fucked up about this movie, but immediately <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh boy. You want my <laughs> half eaten dinner roll? You yeah. Know? Right. Yeah. Yeah. If I'm going to share spit with anybody, it's not going to be on a dinner roll. Thank you very much. No, thanks. No. There are other ways. There are other ways. Chris Rabbit, please call me. Um, <laughs> and then, God, I could not get over his floppy hair in this movie. But he is very hot. Very hot. He's general, very hot. But he's very hot in this movie. Very hot. Yeah. Well. Very, very he hot in general. Great. I was like, congrats. <laughs> Man, my, my world really flipped upside down when I watched Possessor. That changed my entire life. I just, when he plays tortured, I'm like, oh, yeah. You're I'm like, oh, I'll help you. I'll fix I'll, you. I'll fix you. Yes, I can fix like, you. Do you, you think know. you'd be like a Raylo girl if he had played Kylo Ren instead of Adam Driver? I mean, I am. I see, and I really wasn't into that until kind of later, but like, I'm, I'm and I like Adam Driver. I, I do. I'm a baby driver, you know. But I'm a baby driver. I'm a baby. Driver. I'm a baby, baby driver. Like, I, I think mm. he's great and I love to see yeah. him be funny i think he's such a funny actor he's so funny so I love logan lucky and i just yeah i literally from di- the pilot of girls i was like this is my man and here we are but i mean if christopher <laughs> abbott had played him it also would have been fantastic and i also would have been very like into that i'm just saying, like, like i got through two nice. seasons of girls and i could not i was like i hate lena dunham so much i can't keep doing this see i think i think that watching it from the beginning i think watching it like from the beginning i really missed a lot of the you know it, it wasn't oh, as tainted yeah. in my eyes yeah i watched which it is yeah i watched it live too my roommates uh, in college were watching it so i watched season one and season two yeah. And then I was just kind of like, I can't stand her. And then every other, other people started to catch on. I was like, vindication, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think she has a, an eye for talent in the sense that like she, yeah, Adam so Driver is like that. one of the best actors He's the dude now, yeah. in our generation. And also Christopher Abbott. Yeah. And fun fact, he also kind of hated her because he was like, I don't yeah, want to be on this fucking stupid TV show. Get me off of it. And then he left and then he came back and it was like, literally Lena Dunham was on like, watch what happens live. And Andy Cohen specifically asked about that and was like, what is your relationship with him now? She's like, oh, we're cool now. Things were a little weird, but like, you know, he just didn't want to be on the TV show. I was like, I need like Christopher get on do more spill, right now yeah, yeah me give me give me what Lena. actually happened yeah because There's a story there i totally believe that he was like fed up with her shit and also was like i don't want to be on a fucking tv show right now just, also his character was pretty shitty right if i recall i don't really remember i mean yeah. i know he was with marnie and i remember hearing about I the mean, ass scene but, he was like um, fine. He was he was the most fine of the boyfriends besides Adam Sackler. But Adam Sackler is like my perfect man, and I have a mental <laughs> illness. So like, you know, I'm not the person to ask. You actually. were the person who also said you would join a cult. Like you did say that, yeah. So yeah, don't don't ask me questions about girls because I really and like that's I've seen girls probably fifty times. Like that, really? I watch it. I watch it once a quarter. I watch it once a quarter. Interesting. I'm worried that watching Martha Marcy May Marlene will push me to watching girls because I just mm. want some content, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I, I started James he, White he's earlier. He's only in like 13 episodes. I, and I, a doable yeah. number. 
a doable number. A doable number. Just those 13. I mean, I, yeah. I, I've thought about rewatching it, but then I'm like, I think if you, I think if you, you know? go in knowing that you're supposed to hate Hannah because she's the worst. Oh yeah. It kind of helps. I, they're all the worst. The so only true. one I really liked was Sosh. And then yeah. towards the end, I was kind of like, oh, she's with that guy. Like at the end of season two, I was kind of like, eh, you know, I don't know. Uh, that was many yeah. moons ago. I need to watch The Sopranos. I think that's my next HBO mm. watch. We love the, I love Never the seen it. Never seen it. So what if we keep each other accountable? We should like have okay. our own little watch party because I we'll fully have, like yeah. started it and I just like couldn't keep up with it. I think I just yeah. watched so much Sister Wives right now. I just I do love, didn't think about I love The Sopranos. It. But I would, I would 100% join your I'm sister, reaching, Soprano Sister Wives. I'm, yeah, I'm reaching my breaking point with Sister Wives though because it's like I'm starting to get annoyed by everybody and I can't Yet do again, it Yet again, a cult. That is a cult. I think that is a certain, as Sky and I know, it's like, that piece of Mormonism is culty. It's, oh yeah, you know, 100%. it's one, it's one man and multiple women, which is exactly yep. what this is like too. It's, it, which is also weird. Yeah. This cult was like, Patrick's like the patriarch yep. and yeah. he's, he fucks every woman who comes yeah. in as like an initiation, the cleansing. Which is a Manson thing. A hundred percent of Manson. Really? Uh, well, I don't, mm-hmm. I don't know much about the Mansons except, you know, like whatever. Like I said, knows, but... I know way too much. I read the uh, Helter Skelter and that yeah. was very much a part of it. It was, that was the initiation thing. You had to sleep with him. Almost every single woman, I believe probably went through that mm. or if not him, somebody else. Right. And then also the free love thing. They were all encouraged to very Yeah, that's another thing too. Is like, he's like fucking every girl, every woman that comes through. And then there's that scene where like, clearly like Marcy May, as she was known in the cult is with, um, I'm sorry, I forget the actor. You keep saying his name and I keep- Brady Corbett. Yes. Um, Director of Vox Lux. And I'm so happy to be with you. Keep it me from my shadow. (laughs) I never saw that movie. And I just know that that line so well. I saw it in theaters. Did you mm-hmm. love it or did you hate it? Because I feel like there's um, no one between. I had a very strange experience where I knew nothing about it going in. And then we were like, oh, me and no. my friend Emily were the only people in the theater. And I was just like, I was too high. That's, I was too high. Oh, for yeah. oh my God. No, I would definitely not. I've been two different um, periods in my life where I contemplated watching it. One, because Willem Dafoe was the narrator, but also now Christopher Abbott's in it. So I'm like. Dafoe is the narrator? Dafoe is the narrator. Mm-hmm. Yes, he is. Oh no, I love him. I love him love so him much. Too. He could have been in this movie. He could have been the oh, cult leader. Totally, totally. I would have been. But then I, but then I would have been like, I he has a point. Cult. Yeah, I'm like, <laughs> like, I would join that cult. Yeah, it's like actually dot dot dot. But no, like I thought that was interesting that they all kind of have like their partners essentially. Like Zoe yeah. is with Christopher Abbott's character. Yeah, they're like the main person that they're with. They're like main person, but then if Patrick is like, hey, I want to fuck you tonight. They just do it. They do. Yeah. That. Yeah. They it's go crazy. It's just, and like, oh yeah. I mean, I don't know. And like I, she, and when, when he takes that call from the girl, Brady Corbett's character does, and she like mm-hmm. is kind of mad about it. She's kind of like, okay. Like, aren't you my guy? What is the deal with this? You know? Kind right. Of so then after a certain point, let me see what's next. Do, 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 do. We also learn details about the cult, such as the fact that all of the women share racks of clothing they all wear their little anthropology they outfits all, yeah what a wild um, they're yeah. all in the lord solar power music <laughs> yeah pretty much <laughs> i thought the same things 
I swear to God, I was watching that. Like when she's like, we all share clothes. I was like, oh, like that Lord video. Because they all look exactly the same in that video. It's, it's she's the same. Lord is starting a summer cult. Yeah. It makes you want to go on Reformation and buy a nap dress. I mean, that's very much the vibe. A little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 100%. I don't know why that it made me think of that, but I was just kind of like, oh, no, they all wear fully. the same things. Like, ah, uh-huh, uh-huh, like that video that everybody says is a cult. And the only thing stopping me from buying the Reformation nap dress is because I can't afford them, you know? So it's like, There's it's like, all good. Um, and then like, they also like, have to sell blankets in town because the farm isn't functional yet. Um, but they're hoping for it to be functional. So one, you know, they could recruit more people, but also so they can make money mm-hmm. to kind of fund their lifestyle. Um, and every member has a specific job or jobs that they're tasked with. And it's all about finding your place kind of, and like what you're good at. So, you know, gardening, for example, or cooking or whatever. Yeah. And, you know, and I thought to myself, I wouldn't survive in this cult because like you can't like I only like to cook when I want to cook I don't you know I could maybe garden but I'm also very good at killing plants so I don't know how good I'd be at that I'm like taking care of the babies sounds like a drag I don't want to do that like somebody else's babies I I wouldn't I'm sorry I'm uh, sorry Sorry to these babies babies. sorry to these babies I that would not be my job that's for damn sure no I, I was trying to think, I was like, everyone has, like, she says, like, everyone has their place or you'll find your place or something like that. And I was like, what would I do? Like, there's no pop culture to comment on or tweet <laughs> about. So like, yeah. what the hell am I kind of good at stitching? You know, I just thought of my job. I would do like what? little macrame pieces. Yeah. Oh yeah. You town. do do those. Yeah. That's true. I would do that. That would be my one thing. Um, or yeah. I would learn to knit or crochet. That would be, yeah, I, 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 right. I just, you know, I couldn't be away from social media like I have to know what's going on in the cultural zeitgeist. I, so I would like to, to know. know. I would like to know the latest Marvel news. You know, Star Wars. Like I, so I think that that would be the hardest part about doing. Just imagine you like showing up to the and they're like taking you around. And you're like, yeah. Do you guys have Disney Plus? Like, yeah. Like, so so where's all the, like the Netflix logins, all of that? Um, like, yeah. I know this is a communal thing. What's the Wi-Fi password? Yeah. Meanwhile, I show up and I'm like, where are all the Garfield plushes? <laughs> They're like, excuse me? (laughs) So yeah, and then we later learn that Lucy essentially abandoned Martha when she went off to college, leaving her with her Aunt Dora, who Martha clearly had a difficult relationship with. And this is like the source of the majority of the tension, but also a clear reason as to why she would join a cult. Like, I'm lonely. Give me love. And she doesn't really have any meaningful relationships outside of Lucy. Um, And so you know, they're working on the relationship. Um, I just want to note this one line when they're kind of on the boat hanging out. Sarah Paulson goes to take a picture of her and she goes, God, you're gorgeous. It's rather irritating. And I was like, mood. It actually is. Yeah. She's stunning. She's just like a gorgeous woman, a gorgeous woman. And so emotive as well. A perfect little tiny nose, perfect little round eyes. Just I know like, stunning love her like yeah. and her face is kind we of love weird her. but it's like beautiful yeah. weird yeah like, it, like it's st- absolutely stunning fantastic like the most beautiful alien you've ever seen and you love her that okay so this is really nitpicky but you know we're a couple hours for this it's fine um <laughs> i thought i was watching it and i was like god she's so beautiful she's so cute i love we stand and then i was like why are her teeth so clean that is a good point 
They're not going into town to buy crest white strips. No. I mean, I'm sure they brush their teeth and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe they use like baking soda. Isn't that what you're supposed to do to get your teeth white? Maybe we should start doing that. That's true. Maybe. I was just like, God, her teeth are so perfect and white. And she's been living on this far. I don't know. I, that was like a really like small thing that I just noticed, like almost towards the end of the movie, I was like, and in general, everybody in this movie, even though they're like all gorgeous, they all look nice. Um, fully also looks like they haven't bathed probably in a month. Oh yeah. I mean, yeah. It's Her hair like is so greasy. Vibe. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I don't know if they have indoor plumbing, you know, <laughs> like that kind of stuff. It's just very gross, which is why I think the teeth, the teeth stood out to me. Cause I was like, oh, yeah. okay. Like they live in this horrible gross house and they all sleep and like, they all look greasy. Her yeah, they're so nice. Yeah. And um, and then we get like the ritual initiation scene, which is horrible. Yeah. Um, won't go into detail on that, obviously. Yeah. But then Katie, Polly from Orange is the New Black, as I always refer to her, um, is like the person who like talks her down and tries to calm her down and is like, This is a ritual we all had to go through. We wouldn't be here if what happened in that room was bad. Um, and just as like completely minimizing and manipulating her. Um, and you just know that like, this is all of the women have been taught this. This is like something that's been drilled in their heads. This is just a part of the experience and to get over it essentially. And it'll all be fine. Peace and love, peace and love, peace and love. And then even Zoe being like, don't be selfish. And like explaining like her passing out was a cleansing of the toxins, which you don't realize until later that like they drug them. That yeah, is the entire that. point. There is They're no putting more toxins. toxins in their body. Mm-hmm. For real. And it's like awful. Just because no one's walking up to you with like a chloroform rag and like shoving it in your nose and mouth, like doesn't yeah. mean that it's not like horrible and yeah. awful and toxic. Um, and like she even says, I'd give anything for my first time again. And it's like as the viewer, we're watching this, and this is completely disgusting. It's completely horrifying, but you just know that like it's going to work on Marcy May as she's referred to in the cult. Yeah. Um, it's going to work on her because that's just how cults work. They prey on your insecurity. If you have a thought that doesn't fall in line with everybody else's, then that is, you know, either beaten out of you or, or, you know, um, whether physically or, you know, verbally, you know, they try and, get you to conform and try and break you down and, and, and make you believe that you're the one with the problem, not them. So, you know, and it's horrible. And you just know that not only that, that she's going to soon be the person that's doing that kind of thing. And then she does end up becoming that person. And then we have like this scene where she climbs into bed with them while they're having sex. Yeah. Um, Wild. Just the lack of boundaries. It's completely just, she has no idea what a boundary is. And then like the next morning after that, Martha and Lucy have a conversation where Martha reveals she's hearing sounds at night and Lucy asks her, la, can't talk. Lucy asks her where she learned to garden um, and also wonders if her boyfriend was ever physical with her due to the state she was in when she picked her up. Um, and this is kind of the closest that like Lucy kind of gets to like maybe figuring out something's yeah yeah, something's really really off um with her backstory and martha just continues to withhold it from her and she's like it's just a boyfriend who lied and i left and that's it and then like 
I'm just going to mention all of these together because there's no point otherwise, but basically we get like kind of three escalating incidents that really like caused her to leave. So the first is in a flashback, Watts shows up with Sarah, who is then renamed Sally, played by Julia Garner. And she's a new recruit and Marcy specifically tasked with helping to bring her into the cult. And we see Marcy like getting to be friends with her and, and kind of showing around and then parroting the lines that she's likely been told by everybody else. We get the, the line about not eating. We get the yeah. line about the baby. Um, yeah, we get like all of this. This is where we got all of the background info where like the self-insert, you know. Yeah, and then like, oh yeah, everybody's a job here kind of a thing. Um, and also just like, especially with the baby line, it's just wild that it's like a line that otherwise would evoke horror when expressed to another person in a, in a movie to her she's just like oh yeah okay they're all boys you know moving on yeah. like and and the audience hears that and if you're like me you're like oh, excuse me can we rewind and revisit that like are we gonna have a conversation about that and the movie's like no it feels very yeah. like like game of thronesy sort of yes. medieval sort of like biblical almost yeah he only has boys where they were just probably they probably just toss out the girls which is yeah or like mad max fury road almost like it's like oh fuck much yeah that vibe too and um also i just find it kind of funny that julia garner's character is like i've tried every drug except for heroin and i'm like you're a baby deer like i don't believe you right she's like what 16 at most in this yeah like right? she's like it's young yeah, when she when she said that, I was like, oh, oh, this poor mm-hmm. baby. This literal this is like deer. like a literal this is baby exactly deer. who they would want or who they're able oh, yeah. to kind of mold into their. This is Ugh. also one of two movies that I've seen her in where she's fully in a cult. The other one was Electric Children, which is a very good movie that is like oh. very underseen. People don't know about it, but she's like she's a young teen in this cult and she gets pregnant and she has like this innocent she has to leave it like yeah you know yeah she totally does yeah which I think really works to her benefit and it doesn't like I think something about the curly hair kind of adds to it it's like she either looks like she could be like out of like a vintage postcard or it's like she's like young and innocent you know whatever I think there's very like I've played Annie yeah at some point in my life you know like it's very little orphan annie curly hair like nothing very yeah. dainty she and just, like very girlish about yeah. it yeah another thing that that happens that kind of like really shakes her faith in the cult is that max christopher Abbott's character is like teaching her to shoot and patrick comes along and is like demanding that she shoots a sick cat and marcy says no and he's like well you either shoot max or you shoot the cat right and it becomes this whole thing where he's kind of giving a lecture, but he's like, well, Max doesn't mean anything. He's useless. He's a freeloader, blah, blah, blah. I'm like insulting him. But then it's like, oh, but this, why won't you shoot the sick cat? You know, you're, you're a leader, you're a teacher and a leader, Marcy, now prove it. That's the line that he says, which is of course parroted in a conversation that Marcy has, or sorry, Martha has with Lucy, you know, where they're arguing kind of about like, Lucy not doing enough for her and she's like I turned out fine you know I'm a teacher and a leader and you just never let me be it um 
And like, so like while he's giving this whole long lecture being like, why don't you shoot the cat? Blah, blah, blah. It'll make you a better leader. Some, some bullshit that doesn't make any sense. Hate it. Absolutely hate it. Hate it. Yeah. Max ends up shooting the cat, but then he's like, why did you do that? And you're kind of like, like, what? Yeah. And he's like, well, you you said it was sick. He's like, it was a sick cat, right? And then he's like, no, that was the healthy one. Zoe knew which one was dead. There's two of them, blah, blah, blah. And you're like, what the fuck? Literally what the fuck? And you, and what is so incredible about Christopher Abbott in that scene is that it is a, after that, he says that, like that was a healthy cat or whatever. He just looks like he's going to be sick to his stomach. He has this very rattled sort of expression on his face. He like really doesn't say anything, but it's just like, it's like, how is it possible for someone to look like they're about to turn green? Like literally just like looks disgusted at what he did. so good. He's so good in this scene. I I was watching that scene and I was just like, oh my God, this is the face of somebody who's like, I might die right now. Yeah. He, and he like goes from being very like kind of flirty, you know, like earlier with Marcy in that scene to then that, like he really just goes from zero to 60 really quick. And like, he's kind of self-assured when he shoots and then it's like, oh no, I've done the wrong thing. I'm like disgusted with myself horrifying and his reaction also was like i'm being called a freeloader and i'm useless and i'm just here to take all the women or whatever hang out with them and not do any work and it's like that's him trying to kind of you know assert his own masculinity and dominance and it backfires against him horribly and then you kind of don't really see him for the rest of the movie but i mean the next time you see him is when he's fucking and yeah that's like that's pretty much you get like you get like a sliver of ass in the background and that's kind yes. of it which i'm not gonna complain we, we love never honestly complain. we love to see it <laughs> which by the way he loves to be naked or half nude in majority of his work like literally everything i've seen him in it's like i've seen his ass at least once if not a sliver of dick once like, again <laughs> christopher abbott please call shelby um please. i watched possessor please i enjoyed it <laughs> There was a there was literally a sliver of dick in that movie. I was like, "Hello, sliver, a sliver." And when and when when Ethan, past and future guest, um, was like, "Should I watch this with my parents?" I went, "No." (laughs) It's like for many reasons, but that's one of them. It was like, "No, absolutely not." But yeah, no. uh, The majority of of Christopher Abbott's um, filmography that I've watched thus far is mostly just him having a breakdown or being going through it you know I think that's why I like him a lot because I really like movies where women are going through it and I'm like well he's like an honorary member of that club because that's the majority of his work he's always going through it right yeah he's got a good face for that wait 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 Shelby have you read have you read Christopher Abbott's Wikipedia page recently what oh the Cassavetes line yeah of course yeah. I've read that. Okay. <laughs> Wait, what does it say? What does it say? He wishes to emulate a creative life similar to that of John Cassavetes. And Which, I was like, yeah. you know, yeah, that's right. You know, they have similar energy. They have yeah. similar energy. I know that sounds weird. No, they do. I think he's slightly yeah. more laid back than John Cassavetes oh, who would fully sure. jump on a table well, and start yelling in the middle of it. <laughs> and yeah. Peter Falk asking if he would be in Mikey and Nikki with him. But yeah. Um, anyway, back to the plot. I know. <laughs> Holy God. Um, yeah, so like cats are shot. It's very sad. Garfield, cover your ears. Um, Poor Garfield. Glad Missy's not around to hear that. Missy's also deaf, she, so she also couldn't hear that anyway. Um, she wouldn't be able to, yeah. Um, and then the third thing is that Martha begins participating in burglaries with the other cultists, Watts and um, Zoe. And 
one of them ends up culminating in a struggle with a homeowner in which the homeowner is stabbed. And I mean, that seemed to begin with is like horrifying anyway, but like Awful. the fact that like, it's like, oh yeah, no, like we're just, we wouldn't have come here if you weren't here. Um, you know, just promise not to call the cops. We won't do anything. And then this man is violently stabbed in the back, literally by Katie. You don't expect it. And once again, it's a Manson thing. That's very much a Manson thing. They would break into people's homes, whether they were there or not. Sharon Tate, JC bring. There's just something very horrifying about these people just breaking in because they want to and because they feel like it and not necessarily yeah. because they have yeah, a particular it's like a game motive. to them. Yeah. yeah. Like, can we do it? Like, and not only that, it's like often like rich people's homes, which is kind of interesting too, because not just because it's like, oh, like they're anti-capitalist or whatever. No, it's yeah. like they're breaking into these gigantic houses where it's easy for them to hide. That's the freaky thing. And that's why like, you will never catch me in a 15 15- a room house like I like there's oh, too many places for people to hide like I don't like that you at know, all someone could be living in my secret basement okay oh my god I director Bong has ruined that for- well I was thinking about when we were watching when I was watching this I was just like we when we were watching it like we were all watching this together um <laughs> when I was watching it yesterday um I was like man I never want to go to the woods or like be in a house in the woods ever again because oh. it was so it was so easy for them to just come in and that's my nightmare. I've had like nightmares literally about like waking up and like somebody's just in my house, like casually yeah. just in my apartment. And I'm like, my car was broken into this week. I like, saw your tweet about that. Okay. Yeah. But tell Crazy. them what you, what was taken from you? Um, a credit card and my Dove Cameron sunglasses. <laughs> they left all the camping stuff. <laughs> Did you they tweet said, at her being like, Dove, please? I bought them on eBay. <laughs> and Sky was like, I, I hope oh, that this, this is not sketchy. I was like, I don't know if I'm going to get these. The burglar yeah. said, That's so stream funny. lazy baby. <laughs> Truly, I was like, oh, okay. lazy baby. Didn't lazy baby come out the same day as sour? Yeah. I don't and know I was like, I was like, poor timing. <laughs> Poor timing. And I, I like Dove. I really do. It could have done really I well because it had like song. the 70s like disco pop <sighs> sour just really. I've given it a couple streams on Spotify. You Thank know. you. Thank you. There I you appreciate go. Just it. for you. Um, but upon witnessing the murder, uh, Martha has like a mental <laughs> breakdown. Right. And, and who's among us wouldn't? Yeah. <laughs> the natural right? human reaction to and seeing a person murdered in front of you. It's not even like it's a clean murder. I know that sounds oh. strange, but it's, it's not like, you know, he's just shot or it's like he is brutally stabbed, stabbed in the back. Yeah. And you see him, the, this man like convulse, you know, she stabs yeah. him in the neck and his neck is like, oh, it's it's horrifying. Yes. Um, I mean, seeing anybody be killed would be awful, but that was especially like, oh my God. A very visceral thing. Cause like, yeah, like yeah. shooting is like one and done, but like something about like stabbing is just so particularly raw. It's so particularly and raw. And she had watch. to do it several times. She's yes. in the yes. back saying like, brah, 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 you know, and it's, oh. But so, yeah, and like Patrick, of course, is like, what's your deal? Let me give you this lecture on death being a beautiful part of life and fear being good because it makes you feel full and present, which means you're in nirvana, which is love. So death is pure love. And I'm like, please tell me 
you're not serious like tell me you're a conspirator and a murderer without telling me you're a conspirator and a murderer like like literally right couldn't be more clear also very manson like because charles manson at least in those two big cases didn't physically kill anybody he masterminded but he didn't actually do any of the stabbing which is also when when the devil's advocates assholes come out and they're like well actually charlie manson didn't kill anybody i'm like well not those people but there's a lot of dead bodies hiding somewhere on spawn ranch probably so i'm just saying um but besides the point um and and then like later he becomes forceful and aggressive with her telling her to get over it and she's just like so kind of desperate to be forgiven and to kind of welcome back in that she just kind of lets it go. And then kind of in the present, like at, at separate points, like she gets into two big arguments with Lucy and Ted. Um, the one with Lucy just being like her, being like, I could have done more for you, blah, blah, blah. But then like, you know, she's like, I turned out fine. I'm a teacher and a leader and you never let me be that, parroting the cult language. One other important detail though I is like, kind of a small thing as well but it's like when she's like oh don't we have to go make dinner and she's like ted's making dinner it's like that classic thing of like she's used to having to make dinner and then wait for the scraps and she's also she's she's cleaning at some point too yeah like he wakes up clean. and and she's like on her hands and knees like cleaning and he's like what are you doing she's kind of like oh it's fine because she's like oh i'm just you know i thought i would pull my weight which is kind of like the normal thing that a a person would say right like you wouldn't think any story yeah it's like you wouldn't think anything of it if she's just like a normal house guest but because we have like seen what she has gone through we know where it comes from yeah though i as a normal house guest, sometimes I would like maybe do the dishes. I don't know if I'd be like on yeah. my hands at these. Yeah, for being, sure. Like, scrapies. I, I, you know what? I, we were talking about earlier about um, non-traditional, I guess, or like stereotypical ways that this movie could have gone. I'm glad that they didn't make anything like her, like trying to like fuck Ted or anything like that. Yes. Yeah. Which I definitely totally could have gone that way. It could have easily. Definitely thought it would 100%. go that way. hundred yeah. percent. I'm very mm-hmm. glad that it didn't. I was, cause I was totally just like, oh no, like they're going to go on the boat and something's going to happen. But no, it was, mm-hmm. it was, I'm glad that that happened because it subverted my expectations. The boat scene really makes you think it's going to go that direction. And right. kind of like, I wouldn't be too mad because it's almost sort of like, I, I could see her like going after him kind of, but like only in a way that it's like, she's seeking affection in the way that she thought she could get it from Patrick, but he yeah. denies her or something or is like, what the fuck are you yeah. doing? Kind of a thing. Like I could have seen right. that and I wouldn't have been mad, but like, yeah, no, I'm glad it's not like some mutual like right. <laughs> romance happening or anything. Right. Yes. Oh. And then the other argument that she gets into is with Ted. And when he's like, what do you want to do with your life? And she's like, I haven't thought about getting a career. You know, I simply wish to vibe, basically, is what she says. She's 22 years old. Like, we should give her a little bit of a break. Yeah, and she's just escaped a cult. She's been gone for a while. It's fine. And, like, she doesn't really understand, like, having such capitalistic and sort of materialistic ways of living. She's like, I don't understand it. She's like... I mean, like, yeah, sure, I get that. Like, capitalism sucks, capitalism bad, you know. Yeah, we hate it. We hate it. But also, like, it was just so interesting that he was like, so what are you going to do? Like, get the yeah. fuck out of my house is and essentially the like, subtext yeah, of that and scene. Yeah, you're a freeloader. Like, like she's been there for, like, four days. Let's let's chill out. Literally. My guy. And she's clearly, like, on the precipice of, like, a mental breakdown at any moment. And he's like, yeah, you're right. a freeloader. 
I just think you're here for a handout. But then he also says, I have not witnessed one sign that you have any values of your own, which is the thing that like fully causes her to break, which, because that is very much like the kind of thing that you would assign to a cult member. Like you don't have values of your own. And that's why it really like fully triggers right. her. Like, well, also back in, at, him. at the farm, she feels like she doesn't have a place necessarily. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. She doesn't have like a yes. specific skill and her skill ends up being like quote unquote, Patrick's favorite or whatever, yes. but there's nothing that she's particularly good at. Yeah. So it is, it is interesting that there's like a parallel sort of, sort of like a light parallel. Um, and so and in general, I mean, the movie is really interesting because it goes from sort of two levels of control. It's like the cult where it's like this control yes. is like all consuming. It's every single part of their life and yeah. telling them how to live whatever, but like in a very insidious way. Whereas, you know, under Lucy, it's like her trying to control because she's like trying to like fix things and make things right. And she's trying to like kind of make Martha into like her little sister again and, and trying to feel like she yeah. hasn't failed as a sister. Um, right. But it's like, she does it out of love, but like a genuine love, not out of like pure, like I need to control you and make you submit to my will kind of right. thing. Right. It's just an interesting contrast between the two. And it's also understandable why Martha would kind of bristle at that a little bit as well. Yeah. And then after this point, she's upset over the arguments. And so she ends up calling the farm in the middle of the night and a woman with the alias Marlene Lewis answers the phone. But Martha hangs up when the woman who answers asks if she's Lucy and fully like hangs up and the phone starts ringing again. It's the middle of the night. She freaks out and then unplugs the phone from the wall. And then later when she's having a conversation with Lucy, the phone rings again and it's like she's cleaning the window and you can just see her like, totally freeze up and like freak out it's a really great acting moment from her it's like fucking incredible unbelievable um and then ted and lucy end up having a party where martha confuses the bartender for a cult member she starts having a breakdown mid-party yelling at him like you're a fucking liar and this is so great because other than kind of yelling back at, at at ted she really hasn't like had an explosive moment like this like on this level and it's just like, everything's been building up to this moment, you know? And I really like that we don't go too loud or too big before this moment. It just naturally builds up to it. It's like, it's she's a powder keg that's just been kind of waiting to explode at any moment. Um, and everybody around her is like, what the hell is going on? She's like screaming, Ted and Lucy like grab her and like shove her in this bedroom, try and calm her down. And I kind of appreciate too that like, they're not, you know, because at other points, like you can kind of get the sense that Lucy's kind of embarrassed by her. But like with this, they're like, they end up being very fine with it. They're kind of like, like you just had a moment, everything's okay. Like it's okay. We sent everybody home, you know, kind of a thing. Um, this is when the score is going haywire nuts. I love it. Um, and it's then so later, while she's kind of dreaming about that conversation she had with Patrick in the bathroom, in like, in like, the flashback he like touches her inner thigh and like ted is like kind of coming close to her i think he was trying to pull up a blanket or something i'm not really sure what he was doing but he was like near her and she wakes up and freaks out and thinks it's patrick she starts running away and then she just fully just like fucking kicks him like she's dwayne the rock johnson down the stairs daddy's gotta go to work yeah daddy's gotta go to fucking work goodbye no, she really does just straight up kick because, like, you know, she at this point it, to me, I was like watching. It, I was like, oh, she can't differentiate between 
No, she can't. No. Realities, you know, which I thought was also an, a really interesting, uh, just filmmaking and storytelling. You know, we've been yeah. watching this movie being like going back and forth between timelines or whatever. And now they're kind of melding. Yeah. Um, which is fascinating. It's very, I, I liked that scene a lot, even though Same. it did escalate very quickly. Yes. Yeah. And you also might think of like the flashback stuff just being like the filmmaker being like, oh, here's like what happened before to illustrate what's happening. Right. But really what it is, is you don't even realize it until a little bit later that it's like, no, this is kind of like dreams and memories that she's directly yeah. experiencing in the moment, which makes sense as yeah. to why they are specifically tied to things in the present. And that, like you said, is the moment when it becomes even more clear that the two have kind of melted together in a way that's very harmful for everybody kind of involved. And then, you know, of course, they're basically like, we need to send her away to a psychiatric facility. We've had it. We don't know how to help you. Like, you're not going to let us help you. This is what we have to do. And also in this argument, that's when Martha says to Lucy, she's like, you're going to be a terrible mother. It's like the lowest blow she can think of. She's just doing the classic sister thing of like, how can I hurt you the most in the way that you've hurt me? And Lucy, of course, like Sarah Paulson's fantastic in that moment. Like when she like is like crying and trying to sort of summon up the words to say back to her because she's just sort of been mortally wounded by what she's had to say. And right. The next morning after things have settled, the two make up and Lucy's like, you're scheduled at a facility um, and we're leaving. So we're going into the city soon. And then when they all depart for Lake House, with Martha in the back seat, we see a man run back to his truck and begin tailing them. And this is like the final shot of the movie. Whew. And she gives a perfect face journey. Like not, what else needs to be said? It really does. What do you guys think happens at the end? Like, what do you, do you think that that's reality or do you, do you think that that guy, I think it's fully reality, but I, you think they escape? I mean, it's of course I'm, I'm a very much like, I always want to go like the happier ending of something because that's me, but I could definitely see him like tailing her and like, you know, I could see like a sequel that's like. Not that there should ever be a sequel. In there. There never Martha, Marcy, May, Marlene, Marvel. <laughs> yep, exactly. Evan Feige, give me a call. Quintuple M at that <laughs> point. Is open. I am point open is. for business. <laughs> but like, I feel like it would totally be like her, like, you know, in the city, seeing him, like seeing Brady Corbett's character around. Right. Maybe he brings a couple more people into the city, and like people think that she's like, you know, having delusions or something. You know, I'm just basically imagining the movie Let's Scare Jessica to Death, which basically would have, <laughs> it would basically be the plot of that, where it's like this woman has had a psychiatric break and she just got out of a, a facility and like she, like they're encountering like the supernatural, like it's, it's vampires, but like they're encountering like vampires, but they don't realize they're vampires. And like all this weird stuff ha- starts happening. It's like basically what I would imagine, but without the vampire elements to it. I think. That we know of. Yeah, that, that we know we of. we know of. So let's, let's go to what the plot. Um, this week, Haley will guess uh, The Lost Weekend, which is from 1945. That's what I'll give you. Oh, 1945. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, <laughs> based on the phrase, I want to say it's about two people who meet 
on a train and <laughs> they they i would say it's about a short-lived love affair whether it be one person is married or something or other they're betrothed and these two the one the main stars let's call them carrie grant and Catherine Hepburn. I know it's not because I've seen all of their movies and the Philadelphia story is my favorite movie, but, but the, that type of person, that type of person. And they, they gallivant, they have a nice long weekend and then they have to go back to reality and that's the end. And then, you know, Casablanca happens. Um, that's what's that's the, my, what's, what is the like central conflict? Like what happens to them on this weekend? Oh, so they, uh, when it's 1945, is the movie set in 1945? Do we know? Can I ask questions? Um, I'm, I'm looking at the Wikipedia plot summary and it seems like, yeah, it doesn't state uh, otherwise. Yeah. It's not really giving me a period piece. It was based okay. on a novel from 1944 of the same name about an alcoholic. Damn, that's that's right. good oh wait oh my god i've seen this <laughs> oh, oh the reveal of a century oh no i've I, okay i've i've seen this but i saw it lol at a bar <laughs> um there's a movie theater around the corner from my place um shout out the davis theater and they have a bar attached to it like a bar and restaurant and i remember going there and the last weekend was playing on tcm Oh. and I was like there with my friend we were having brunch and like having drinks and I was like half watching the movie and it was about okay so I'm half watching it so this is really I really don't remember yeah. it was like he's an alcoholic yes and his girlfriend or former lover is like I'm done with you when you need to stop drinking or I'm going to marry your brother or something like that. I feel like this is a couple of years yeah, he's ago. Trying, he's trying to be like a writer, but um, he's yes. an alcoholic and failing. And he like goes on this whole four day bender and that's what the loss. Yes. Week. Yes. Wow. I can't believe he's so drunk. I'm sorry. I can't <laughs> that's I very realize funny, it so funny. until you said alcoholic and I was like oh wait actually because I was at and the I didn't even mean to say that <laughs> that's what makes me that's better. so funny because I literally was like honestly iconic that's because I I know the the phrase is like I remember there's a yeah. uh, like in Beatles lore because I love the Beatles I know yeah um, basic <laughs> and this like besides best picture besides yes. John Lennon because he sucks um <laughs> but when John John Lennon cheated on uh, Yoko, yes, at one point, and he was dating, um, I can't remember her name, but it was essentially Yoko 2.0. Yeah, and the tabloids called it the Lost Weekend because it was essentially just like a few weeks he was dating this other woman, and then he got back um, together with Yoko. Sidebar: Backseat of My Car by Paul McCartney is a great song. I love that song. I Perfect. love Paul McCartney. He's my favorite Very Beatle. Great. He's a good. Um, maybe I'm amazed is one of my favorite songs. He's great. That's a good we song. love. We stand you. Live and let McCartney. die is a banger of a Bond theme. A and we don't banger. Talk about it we and I'm very mad. I'm very mad that American Hustle used it. You know, I actually I use Live and Let Die oh, um, as a tourist placement in some of my birth chart playlists. Play it's a great song. I can't as I, as a tourist rising. I'm a tourist on tourist moon, baby. I'll take it. Cause that song rips. I saw him yeah. when I was living in Nashville, I spent my rent money and I had 10th row seats 
to wow. Paul McCartney and it was one of the best nights of my life. He played for three and a half hours. No, That's incredible. two encores and he played live and let die. And there was like flames and it was just, Oh, hell yeah. That's yeah. The shit I right love there. him. He's the best. Haley, do you have anything you would like to plug? Um, go see fast and furious nine colon the fast saga tomorrow vin diesel pay me and also um support bless picture podcast (laughs) if you're a sponsor you should sponsor them i have bricklin and sheets maybe bricklin and should sponsor them um no actually they're so nice aren't they really nice yes i know they're really nice um no yeah if you want to follow me my uh social media is at Haley oldham with a little underscore after the oldham uh, maybe they'll put it in the show notes. I don't know. Yeah. Um, well, that's pretty much it. I don't really have my own podcast. I used to, I used to have a, a podcast about the OC, but that, uh, fizzled out a little bit. Um, but yeah, so hopefully I'll be on Bless picture again, but yeah, this is really nice. Absolutely. Yes. Thank you all for having me. It was really nice. Of course. And, um, on social media, you can find us at blessed pick on Twitter and on Instagram at blessed.picture. Um, you know, recommend us to your friends who are susceptible to joining cults. Maybe there's more like me <laughs> out here. The blessed pit cult. We're so, starting yeah, the, the blessies are a cult, maybe. Um, <laughs> yeah. Thank you so much for listening. That's all I got today. Yeah. Christopher Abbott, please call me. <laughs>